Welcome to the Living Anchored Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Shores Church in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. My name is Scott Lorraine, and I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and we'd love for you to take a few moments and listen to our most recent sermon. We believe that it will bless your life and help you live a life anchored to Jesus Christ. Well, good morning, Shores Church. It's so good to be with you this morning. I'm glad that you were excited to join us here online. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Frank. I have the honor to be the outreach pastor here at the Shores Church. Scott and Annie, uh, Pastor Scott and Annie, they are out on vacation, spending some family time together. So I'm so thankful that they're able to do that. So I'll be here with you uh, this morning. And uh, before I get into the message, I just want to take a moment and say thank you so much to the Shores family. Thank you to you guys for uh, welcoming my wife, Brady, and I uh, to the Shores family and on the team. I'm so glad and I'm excited and I'm honored and humbled to, to be a part of the team. And can I just tell you something? You guys have, we have the best pastors uh, and Pastor Scott and Andy. I'm so thankful for who they are and their vision uh, that they have for this church and this community. Um, it's just incredible. Uh, so I'm honored to be a part of the team. And I, I know some of you guys are have been watching online and haven't uh, been here in person. And I just wanted to uh, take a moment, you know, that maybe we haven't met. And uh, so drop in the comments, let me know who you are uh, and we'll connect and we'll hopefully soon we'll be able to, to come together uh, in person. And uh, so I uh, just wanted to take a moment and just say thank you uh, to everyone for welcoming my wife and I. We're glad to be here. Well, hey, let's go ahead and jump into the message this morning. And if you're taking notes or the, the, the title that I want to kind of call today's message is All In. I want to talk about this idea of being all in in 2021. You see, we're here in 2021, right? You made it. We're, we're glad to be here. 2020 was the year that we will not forget, right? And I want to bring this idea of how we need to make decisions before we wait to see what happens. What I mean by this is that I think that there are a lot of us or some of us that will make life decisions uh, with uh, when we take a step back and we just look and just see what the events will unfold. So before making this decision in 2021, which let's just see how 2021 responds, right? Well, you, the Bible says that Jesus died for us while we were yet still sinners. See, Jesus didn't wait to, to, to see how we would respond before he made a decision. No, no, Jesus died for us. Jesus made a decision to, to love us while we were still in sin. And so when I talk about this idea of being all in, I want us as a church family and us as Christ followers to make a decision to be all in for God in 2021 and beyond, right? Amen. I want us to make a decision that it's not based off of, well, let's just see how this year goes, right? No, we're going to make a decision regardless of what happens around us, right? Can we do that together this morning? All right, let's go ahead and dive in. So there's three things 
that I'm very passionate about, okay? Three things. First thing, I'm passionate about uh, Jesus. I love Jesus. I love him with all my heart. I'm thankful uh, and grateful to be raised up in a Christian home. And uh, I have always been a part of a church, and I've been blessed with that. I love Jesus. He's changed my life, and uh, and uh, I'm so thankful for that. So I'm passionate about Jesus. I'm passionate about my wife, Brandy. Uh, I, I love her to death, and I'm so thankful for her. I'm so thankful that we met in uh, Rockford, Illinois, right by Chicago, and we moved to Austin, Texas to uh, help a church plant there. We helped start a church there. And I uh, don't know why, but this tells you how much she loves me. She decided to move here to uh, St. Clair Shores, Michigan, to leave the beautiful warm weather to this winter that we are in. And, uh, and she forgets that sometimes because we'll go out and she'll forget to put a jacket on. And I'm like, you do realize this is Michigan, right? <laughs> uh, I love my wife. The third thing that I'm passionate about, in no particular order, is sports. I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, I love the Detroit Lions. If you're a Detroit Lions fan, comment below. Uh, let me know. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm a huge Lions fan. And uh, I will be until they win a Super Bowl, and they will win one in my lifetime, right? You see, I love Pastor Scott and Annie. I love Pastor Scott and, and the vision that he has and, uh, and all that he does for the short trip. But there's one thing I just cannot get behind. There's just one thing. He uses the Detroit Lions to his advantage on Sunday mornings and talks bad about them all the time. And I just don't like that. Um... But he does speak the truth, so he does have that going for him. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan, you know. In fact, I grew up here uh, in Roseville and St. Clair Shores area, and I graduated in, in Lakeview High School right here at St. Clair Shores. And I played football uh, in varsity for a couple of years. And uh, can I just tell you something? It is easier to sit at home on my couch, eating food, hanging out with people, and watching the game than it is to get ready to play in the game. Right? It's easier to just sit there and not have to, to, to turn on the TV rather than to go all the practices and all the workouts and, and do everything I got to do before I even step on the field to play. Right? So this is the idea that I want to present to you this morning. It's easy to be a fan than to play. It's easier to be a fan than to play. And this is where we see this in the scriptures that I want to read to you this morning. It's easy, it's easier to be a fan. In fact, Jesus had a lot of fans. We see this in the scriptures that which every, everywhere that Jesus went, crowds would follow him, right? Crowds would follow him. They would want to see the miracles that he would perform. They wanted to hear the teachings. The teachings were new and they were fresh and they were like, who is this guy, right? They were interested in everything that he did. But we see different crowds and different groups of people begin to respond differently to the ministry of Jesus. And so I want to bring up John chapter 6. But before I bring this up, I want to give you kind of the backstory and, and the, where we're going to read off, uh, where we leave off of. I want to kind of give you the backstory of what has just happened. Jesus is speaking to, once again, to the crowds that were following him. And this is the story of the, the feeding of the 5,000. And uh, this is where Jesus is, is teaching and the disciples, like, they're hungry, we need to feed them. And so the Jesus performed a miraculous, you know, he performed a miracle and between a few loaves of bread and a few fish. And begins to feed everyone and not only feeds everyone, but has leftover, right? And later on that night, 
This is where Jesus goes off to by himself. And the disciples get on the boat and they cross they cross the water uh, to the other side and land over there. And, and Jesus goes up to meet with them. And this is where we know that Jesus walks on water. So he walks on water and meets the disciples. We know all that. And later on in the story, this is the next day. And so they get on to the other uh, side of the of the water. And the people that were with him yesterday, the crowd that was with him yesterday, they're there the next day. Where is Jesus? We need to go and hear from him again. We need to go and listen to him. We need to be in his presence. And so they realized that he had crossed the water. So they went over there and they find Jesus. And this is where we pick up in John chapter 6, verse 23. And it's what we're going to read. And it says this. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. Not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's work too. How, what should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, show us the miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they were journeying through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give bread to you uh, from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you true bread from heaven. The true bread is the one who, uh, the true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now, before I continue on with the story, let me pause here and kind of explain what has happened. You see, when you read the scriptures, it is so important to understand who it was written to. If you understand who wrote it and who it was written to, you can see the culture, the times, and how things began to kind of, uh, how things were reveling in that time. You see, when we read the scriptures now, some of it doesn't make sense because this isn't how we do things anymore. And so it's so important to get into that, uh, into that understanding of, of the Bible. And this is the point where they were trying to figure out who this Jesus guy was. And they're talking about Moses and, and, and how Moses gave uh, manna, right? Now, you have to understand, in their mind, Moses was the man they respected. Like, you didn't disrespect Moses. Like, he was the man they respected. This is the man that they honored. This is the man that led the way. The kind of, this is the man that kind of, this, where we get all the laws from and everything, right? But they was, had a lot of respect for Moses. And Jesus didn't disrespect Moses, but he just said, hey, uh, actually, it was my father in heaven who gave it to Moses, then gave it to you. And this began to challenge their thinking. Because now they're saying, wait, aren't you the son of Joseph? Who are you to say that God is your father? In fact, they wouldn't even say God. And that's why when you read the scripture, you would see the kingdom of heaven. Because they couldn't, they didn't want to use the word God out of respect and reverence, you know, for the name of God. And so they would call it the kingdom of heaven. But here this man who just walked in, who was born of a virgin, yet they think that Mary and Joseph, you know, uh, that they were their mother, his mother and father. Like, who, who are you to say that God is your father? This began to challenge their thinking. And we pick up in verse 60 through 68, and it says this. Many of the disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, and so, so he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? 
The spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew at the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, this is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, who, to whom would you go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. So we begin to see two different groups of people unfold in this story. There were people that traveled with Jesus, and there were people that followed Jesus. And also, you're thinking, isn't that the same thing? You think traveling and following is the same thing? See, the people that traveled with Jesus, these were one that wanted. These were his fans. They were fans of Jesus. They wanted to be with him. They wanted to see and, and see the miraculous. Uh, Things and signs that were happening, and they and they wanted to do them as well. And, and they asked, "Teach us how, how do we do that, right?" And Jesus, if you know Jesus, he doesn't sugarcoat things. He speaks things from the heart and straight to the heart. And so he said, "Oh, you see, you're not here with me because you want to know who my Father is, but because you saw the miraculous signs." And he begins to speak straight to the heart. And these people were thinking, "Oh." This, this is this is challenging to understand. This I cannot understand this. And then who are you to say all these things because you were the son of Joseph, right? See, the people that traveled with Jesus were willing to follow Jesus up until a certain point. When it required a change in their thinking, the scripture says, right, at, in, in John chapter 6, verse 66, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. When it says it's not talking about the twelve, it's talking about the crowds that were following him. They just, at this point, mm, I had one foot in and I had my one other, other foot out. I'm going to begin to start to step back. I can't understand this. This is too too much for me to fathom. And you're, you're challenging my thinking. So, yeah, let's. I, I'm just going to have to take a step back. Then you have these people that were followers. People that followed Jesus. And these, in this story, were his disciples, right? At this point, he turned to the twelve and said, Are you also going to leave? And Simon Peter said, To whom will we go? You are the one that has words that give eternal life. See, even when it cost them something, and for some of them that cost them to the point of their life, they were willing to follow Jesus. They were committed. So when it comes to Jesus, <laughs> it's easy to be a fan. I'm going to step on some tones this morning. When it comes to Jesus, it is easy to be a fan. It's easy to come on Sunday mornings Hear the word of God, worship being a community of believers. Hear the word that you have been, maybe the Holy Spirit can bit you of, and you know that you need to apply it. And it's easy to walk out those doors or turn off your laptop or whatever you're watching of and to do nothing about what you just heard. It's easy to get into the scriptures and read it and try to study it and see what the word of God has for us and see how we can to learn from it, yet not apply anything. That we just read. See, it's easier to be a fan of Jesus than it is to actually be a follower, right? And so the idea that I want to present this morning is, are you all in? It's easy to be a fan in church, right? But are you really in the game? 
Are you a fan or are you a follower? Are you a fan or are you a follower? See, a fan is someone who wants to get close enough to Jesus to get the benefits, but not so close that it requires something from them. It's pretty quiet in here. I know I'm the only one in the room, but, right? See, a fan is willing to follow Jesus until it requires a change in their life. See, a fan likes the idea of Jesus, and they're willing to have Jesus in their lives as long as it's on their own terms. See, this is what a fan looks like. And I want to give you kind of a, uh, an illustration that you can uh, use to understand what our faith often looks like. And I can't move the camera, and so to, I just need you to imagine with me. I want you to imagine that over here, we had a bucket that said meat. It was labeled me, and this represented us and all that we are, right? And we got a bucket over here, and this was labeled God. And this was, labeled, this was God and all that he was, right? This right here, we got our life and we got God right here. This is what our faith often looks like. We like it like this, as long as it's on our turn. And I'll, and I'll give you a couple of examples from this, right? You'll come over here and I'm going to pull out a calendar. Now, I know some of you are thinking, why do you have a calendar? 2020 proved the calendars don't work. I know, this is the 2020 calendar. I'm going to do some things with it, so it doesn't matter, okay? But anyways, right, this required, this is, uh, uh, represents time. Right now, time is valuable, and I value my time. If I'm having a party at seven o'clock at night, you better show up at seven o'clock at night and not an hour later. Because if you show up an hour later, that means you're gonna stay an hour later. And I like my sleep, okay? Right? So time is valuable to us. And so we do this, we take this out of our lives. We say, okay, God, uh, how can I value time and prioritize you? Well, God, I, I know Sunday is the first day of the week, and so I want to prioritize you, and I'm going to take Sunday to, to go online church or come to church and just worship you and hear the word of God. And so I, I'm going to do that, right? And maybe some of us in a place where like, but I want to grow, right? And, and you say, okay, maybe I need to serve. Maybe I need to uh, go to serve the church. And you, and you find out that in order to serve, you have to show up maybe, you know, 15 to 20 to 30 minutes earlier, and you usually come 10 minutes late. And you think, oh, that's a little tricky, right? <laughs> or maybe you're like, I just, I want to grow with faith. I want to grow in my, in my community, with community. And we have anchor groups, right? We just announced that we're signing, we have signed up for anchor group. And, and you get to know more about that, and you think, Oh, this is great. I can grow my faith. But then you find out that it can require maybe an hour or two of your time during the week. And that's a little too much for you. And so we get this idea that, okay, God, let, let, let's make a deal, right? God, Sunday mornings, right? So here is, is Sunday morning. So I'm going to rip this off. And uh, this is Sunday morning. So God, I'm going to put this in the God bucket. You can have Sunday mornings, but the rest is mine, right? Oh, 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 I got a, a business card right here, and uh, we have jobs, right? We all have jobs, and, and maybe we, some of us, we own businesses. And so you think, okay, I want my coworkers to know that I love God and that I'm a, I'm a Christ follower, that I'm not just a fan, but I'm a, I'm a follower, right? Uh, but when it comes to making a business decision that, has, uh, that requires integrity, and uh, instead of just cutting the corners a little bit, it, it may result in a profit loss. But you would rather just uh, uh, maybe make the profit so you, you, you compromise on your integrity a little bit. So you say, okay, God, right, how about this? How about this? 
You can have my heart. Like, you, I'm a follower of you, but my business and, and how I make a profit, that I get to decide, right? Or, or, or maybe this right here, I have a my, my wedding ring and represent relationships. Maybe some of us are dating and you think, okay, God, I got to prioritize you and my relationship. I want you involved. And in fact, uh, I want to find someone that loves you. You know, we'll go to church together. We'll do Bobby study. Uh, Bible study together, and it'll be, we'll be cute, and it'll be great, right? And I know the Bible, and, and, and God, and the church, we, we uh, teach this thing called, you know, waiting to have sex before, uh, until you're married, right? But my passion, and my desires are just too strong, and so, God, uh, I know you know what's best for me, but but how about, let, let, let's make this part of my relationship, and have you involved in it, but this part, I get to decide. And so we say, God, here's this part. But the rest is mine. And I'm not going to put this in the God bucket because my wife likes people to know that I'm married. And if I don't have my wedding ring on, she freaks out. So just kidding. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to pull over here and I have this uh, offering uh, and tithe envelope. And I know some of you are thinking, oh, didn't Pastor God just talk about money last week? Two weeks in a row in 2021. Oh, great start, right? No, bear with me here. Bear with me here. See, we practice this thing uh, called, uh, this biblical principle called tithing, right? And so you think, okay, God, I, I, I understand the first and the, the first tenth is yours and the 90 that you were blessed. And so, God, I, I, I'm going to give you my tithe because it is yours and I'm so thankful. But when you ask me to give above and beyond and maybe just to, to evaluate my finances a little bit so I can be able to give to kingdom builders. Let's just stick with the tithe. So here's the tithe, but the rest I'm going to figure out what's best for me. And this is often what our faith looks like. See, we like having God in our life, but when it requires a change, this gets a little tricky. Now, before I continue any further, please hear my heart on this. I am not giving you this illustration. I am not giving you this illustration to guilt you into anything. I don't want to guilt you into giving more. I don't want to guilt you into serving. I don't want to guilt you to do anything of the examples that I may have presented up here. Okay. Now, if you feel convicted, that's the Holy Spirit's job. And the Holy Spirit's job is, is to convict people. And if you feel convicted about something, you can take that up with the Holy Spirit. I have nothing to do with that, right? But my goal in showing this illustration right here is to give you a visual of what we don't want to say out loud, but we often do with our lives and our faith and our walk and our journey with God. And God has something to say about this. For the rest of our time, I want to spend our time with one verse, and I'll break up this verse for you. And this comes out of Luke chapter 9, verses 23. And he said to all, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is what Jesus says. Let me break up this verse for you. And he said to all, if anyone, anyone, if you look up, the original Greek language, and see what the definition for anyone is. You know what it means? It means anyone. <laughs> it means everyone. It means you. It means me. It means anyone. And I know some of us are thinking, but you don't know me. 
best friend. You don't know me. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You don't know all the decisions that I've made. I just got like I gotta do some things before I get right with my relationship with God. And can I tell you something? You're right. I don't know you. And I may not know all the things that you've done and all the things that you know that you you would consider you that would disqualify yourself from your relationship with God. But can I tell you the person who said this verse? And he, Jesus himself, said to all, if anyone, meaning you as well. You see, once again, when you read the scripture and you see the cultural concept behind it, when Jesus said that, this rocked people's world. This rocked people's world. You want to know why? Because he was a rabbi. And there were a lot of rabbis out there. And in order to follow a rabbi, you didn't just get to just make that decision. You didn't get to say, okay, I want to be a part of your teachings and learn from you and, and grow and, and just be part of your circle, uh, like the disciples did with Jesus. You didn't get, get to do that. And in fact, in order to follow a rabbi, you had to be in the right family line. You had to have the right education. You had to apply to, in order to follow a rabbi. And Jesus comes to you and changes the thing and says, if anyone would come after See, Jesus doesn't take applications. He extends an invitation. Jesus wants you. And if you don't hear anything else for the rest of my message, hear this. Jesus wants you. He wants you. The next part of this verse I want to bring up is come after. He said to all, if anyone would come after me. See, this is idea of passionate pursuit. It's passionate pursuit that you would follow Jesus with everything inside of you and everything inside of us. See, when I started dating Brandy, my wife, at the time, I wanted to get to know her, know her family, know who's, who she was. And so I would, I would spend so much time with her and hang out with her and do all these things to get her attention and hold the door for her. And, and you know, she would send me love letters and per spray perfume on them and get all lovely on me, right? And then we get married. <laughs> and all the married people say amen. <laughs> but I'm just kidding, right? But if we stopped doing that, our relationship would look a lot different after we got married, right? And for some of us, this is what our relationship with God looked like. We, we have fallen in love with Jesus when we first got saved and everything was great and life got hard and complicated. And it's just, you just, you think you know more than you did before. And you, so you stopped coming after Jesus. You, you got God and Jesus in your life. That's not a question of that. You, you, you don't question eternal, you know, uh, salvation. That's not a question, but just stopped coming after passionate pursuit. Man, is that convicting. See, Jesus isn't looking for a casual weekend thing. He's not looking for no strings attached. He's not. The third thing I want to bring out of this verse is deny. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. You see, we live in a culture that says it's about us. We live in a culture that says we should satisfy and take care of ourselves. You see, when we deny ourselves, it means saying yes to Jesus and no to yourself. Saying yes to Jesus and no to yourself. You see, I've been trying to go to the gym more, and I say that every year, 
but it's 2021, a new year, right? And it's two weeks, we're still into this, and I, I, I can say what I want because it's a new year, right? But I have been trying to go to the gym more. And in order to get the results that I want, I have to have a commitment. I actually have to go to the gym and work out. I can't say yes to going to the gym and yes to sleeping in. Doesn't work. If I'm not going to see the results that I want to see, right? I can't say yes to, to working out and saying yes to Taco Bell. Right? It's a little closer. I'm working out, right? And it may work. I may see some improvement, but I'm not going to get the full benefits that I have, that I want, if I say yes. So you cannot say yes to Jesus and yes to the world and have all the benefits and the intimate relationship that Jesus wants to have with you if you say yes to both. This is what our faith looks like sometimes. We got this me box or this me bucket and this God bucket. And we just kind of like it on our own terms. And we, we come to church, we walk out unchanged. Not even changed. I don't even know that's a word, right? Unchanged. I just made it up. Maybe it's a word. But we don't change. We read the scriptures, but we don't apply it. We just do it to check it off on our spiritual box, right? Jesus wants us to come after him and deny ourselves. Take up his cross. Take up his cross. He said it all. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. You see, when Jesus said this to the people that he was speaking to, the people were like, oh, take up the cross? My, my cross? Oh, so you mean business. See, here's the thing. At that time, the cross wasn't some sort of cultural icon. It wasn't something that people wore around their necks. It wasn't a symbol of love and of sacrifice that Jesus died for us and we're so thankful for, that we honor, that we respect. No, 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 no. At that time, the cross represented death. You see, the Romans got so good at doing what they were doing they figured out a way to torture, the, to, to inflict so much pain on a person's life to the right to the point of death. That it got so good at doing that, that that's what the cross represented. You see, it represented death. It represented everything. So when Jesus said this, it, oh, so you literally mean, like, I got to give everything. I got to give, I got to be all in daily. <laughs> and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Not once a week, not once a month, not when we want to, but daily. See, some of us try to grow our relationship with God weekly or monthly or when we want to. You see, if I did that in my relationship with Brandy, my wife, and I told you that once a week, I'm going to passionately pursue my wife. And once a week, I'm going to say yes to her and no to me. And once a week, that I'm going to just acknowledge her presence, right? You would tell me that's probably not going to work, right? Like if I only did the dishes once a week, if I only told her uh, that I loved her once a week, or I, I, that I acknowledge her presence, you know, once a week, you would tell me, huh, good luck with that, right? 
right? You don't have to be married to know that, right? You would tell me good luck. But yet some of us live our relationship with God like that. Got to get my Jesus in. So we come to church, we show up, praise the Lord, hear the word, walk out and do nothing. Like what we just heard. We say the Great Commission every single week, right? Yeah, go and tell everyone, right? Go and make disciples. But we don't bring anyone. We don't share the name of Jesus, right? This requires total commitment. This is what it looked like to be a follower of Jesus. You see, we like this idea of, of Jesus being our Savior. We love the idea that he came to save and rescue us. But when it comes to him being our Lord, meaning that we aren't Lord of our lives, that we don't get to control every single thing of how we want it to go, and we have to give up control, that's that's a little tricky, right? But you know what the scripture says? <laughs> if you read the scripture, you'll see that Jesus is Savior 37 times. It's right that he is Savior 37 times. But you'll see that Jesus is Lord 7,736 times. That's a big difference. It's a 209 to 1 ratio. That how much he talks about Jesus being our Lord. If Jesus is our Lord, it means he is the complete owner. He's the complete owner. He is the absolute master. And guess what? He has total authority. Following Jesus means that he is Lord of our life. Following Jesus isn't something we can casually do on the side. It's a 24-hour day commitment that will interfere with your life. It will. That's not the fine print. That's a guarantee about what he wants. So let's go back to this, this me bucket and this God bucket. You see, it's not this idea of trying to control how we wanted to and have enough of Jesus and say, God, okay, I'm going to have you in my finances, you know, or I'm going to have this God, then my time, it's God, then my career, and God, then my relationship, and God, then my finances. Look at this spot, taking this bucket that represents our lives and all that we are to God. Maybe would you just be in my time? Would you be in my career? Would you be in my relationship? Would you be in my finances? Taking our lives and putting it all in God. God, would you have all of me? And guess what? It will cost you something. It will. But can I share something to you? If you read the very next verse in Luke chapter 9. You read this in verse 24, it says this. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will find it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be days where there's a constant battle that we're trying to figure out. But that's why we do it daily. And as we close this morning, I want want to pray with you. And maybe some of us, we've... We've just started this journey or we haven't yet. And we have one feet in, one feet out in our relationship with God. And you want to go all in and jump with both feet in 2021 and beyond and say, I want to be a follower and go all in. I want to say yes to you more. I want to deny myself, right? Or maybe some of us, we've been following God for a very long time. And, and you, you don't question whether Jesus is the part of your life. You don't question the eternal uh, salvation and where you're going. But you stop coming after him. 
you got too busy in the details and you started checking off your spiritual boxes rather than passionately coming after him. Church family, can we be all in for Christ this year and beyond? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the church family, the Shores Church. I pray for everyone watching online right now. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just come upon us. And for those of us that want to make the decision to go all in, to jump both feet in, that maybe we haven't been fully committed, Lord, would your Holy Spirit just remind us and prompt us, Lord, encourage us this morning to know that we have a community around us for people that want the same thing. So I just pray that your Spirit would be with them this morning. But that they make the decision to go all in. And I pray for those that have maybe been all in. That they know that you are their Lord and Savior. But God, maybe they stop coming after you. Maybe we stop coming after you with a passionate pursuit. Would your Holy Spirit revive that once again in us? May we take this new year and say, we want to be all in for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope this was a blessing to you. I hope that this is a word that uh, is not just another sermon that you hear, but that you really do take this to heart and apply it because he wants this for you. He wants this for you. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us today on the Living Anchor Podcast. If this message impacted you, please remember to follow so you can see all of our content in the future and share on social media so other people can have their life impacted as well. Our mission at the Shores Church is to help people live a life anchored to Jesus Christ. So your help will definitely help us accomplish our goal. If you're interested in helping support our church financially, please go to theshoreschurch.org, click on Give, and you'll be able to do so that way. Have a blessed and incredible day, and we look forward to having you with us next time.